Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. And you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. In 2015, Luli founded Blooming Founders, a platform and ecosystem designed to help early-stage female entrepreneurs. She climbed the corporate ladder and hustled in the world of entrepreneurship, but now realized she needs to get financially free and generate enough money from her investments to sustain her lifestyle. That's how Lou recently got started thinking about passive income and investing in NFTs and tells me how to get started. I'm learning about the space and it's fascinating, but it's also clearly very early days and risky as this new market is volatile and unpredictable. So make sure you do your research and remember to only invest what you can afford to lose. If you're struggling with your pension, you're not alone. Women retire much poorer than men, which is partly due to widening pension gap. That's why paying attention to your pension is so important. Enter Pension B, our sponsors. Pension B is an online pension provider that has helped thousands of savers to transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. You can download the app or head to pensionb.com for more information. They have super useful resources and a retirement calculator. Just remember that capital is at risk. We are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Can you tell us, you know, what's an NFT and maybe a quick overview of, you know, decentralization and, and Web3? It really depends on your risk profile, right? Uh, these things are like, you know, very volatile. They go up, they go down. The same project can go, you know, 4x up, 3x down. <laughs> and you have to have definitely the stomach to just kind of like ride through it, right? And and, and not, you know, sort of feel very anxious if, if things do go down. Um, and I guess, you know, if you are, if you do work in tech and startups, I think you probably have seen, you know, the what Alpha can do, right? And the, the, the power law and all that. So, yeah. I mean, if you do want to sort of like, you know, make a jump in, in your finances and and try to give it a go, I actually do think that NFTs are a really, really good space to to look into and get involved uh, because there's it's so new. Um, it's getting so much traction and there is a broad consensus in the tech world that it's not going to go anywhere. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. here to stay, basically. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's really to think about it, like, you know, from a technological sort of technology uh, revolution perspective, it's really very similar to when the Internet came about in the late 90s and 2000. And, and back then we also had a big bubble. Right. Lots of new Internet companies being valued at, at loads of money. And then they just went all bust. But then that sort of paved the way of the actual innovation and use cases that then would uh, turn into the social networks that we use today. And and that's pretty much Web three, uh, Web 2 that has been built right since yeah. uh, since the early uh, 2000s. And uh, and we're on a similar sort of path right now where Web 3 is happening and maybe just to explain, I guess, the difference between, you know, wh why is it called even Web3, right? So obviously, if it's called Web3, then there has to be Web1 and Web2. <laughs> and Web1 is the internet that is the read 
only internet yeah. which means that you put information online and then people can read the information uh and and i guess engage with you know what what they see right so so the the early websites where you just you know based on html you just put the stuff online people can read it and then they can you know call you if they wanted to get, get in touch with you or order pizza or something like that but we, you just basically put your pizza menu onto your website and that is actually still what most websites do today right? Most small businesses, if you have a website that, that, that shows any type of information, and that's it, that's still web one. So the majority of the internet, it's still web one, actually. Yeah. And then you had web two, where then, you know, people could contribute and you can create content and then you get value, not from just, you know, one person posting information online, but multiple people posting information and, and people creating, you know, and talking to each other and, and sort of that conversation online became the value of why people would then engage online. And that's the read and write web, you know, writing because of the, the contribution from people. And that would, that was, uh, is web two, right? And now comes web three, which is, uh, when, I guess people call it the uh, read, write, and execute web, um, if they see it more from a technical perspective, or the read, write, and own web, if they see it more from a personal perspective. So from a technical perspective, I don't want to go to too much detail because also I'm not a technical expert, but basically now in the web three, we have these smart contracts that govern how transactions are made that are completely coded and depending on what conditions are met, it would just execute automatically, right? And the the whole premise of Web3 and the decentralization is that we do not want to rely on central entities such as the big, you know, social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera who hoard all of our data, right? Because we actually willingly contributed this data in Web2 to them because we got value uh, by connecting with other people, etc. But as a result, they are now the no, the sort of gate sort of keepers for, yeah. for some things, right? Or they just have so much data that it becomes that the power is uh, you know becomes out of uh, you know out of scope kind of thing. So with Web3, the, the idea is to decentralize um, the power uh, on the web. And, and how can you do that? You have to make it trustless, right? This, this trust, like don't trust, verify mantra is very big in Web3, right? Uh, so what it means is like, because there are so many players, we cannot uh, trust anyone actually. Like we cannot spend even the energy to trust someone. We just, we have to verify whether certain conditions are met. And if those conditions are met, it just basically executes basically, right? Um, which then, you know, leads to the fact that some people, you know, might have lost their NFTs because they put up uh, an NFT for sale and then they never cancel the listing. Right. So then that um, command is still online, essentially. And then the moment uh, then they you know, move the, the NFT from one wallet to the to the old wallet back, then the conditions are valid again. And then all of a sudden it can just execute without anybody doing anything else. And that just basically, you know, when people now get uh, surprised, when it's like, oh, my God, like, why did my NFT sell for so such a low amount? And I, you know, it was stolen from me, as I said, it's like, no, actually, you did not cancel the the listing and and the conditions were still valid basically right so so it's it's actually quite um important to understand what 
smart contracts can do, right? Uh, but and the power behind it. Uh, and then from a personal perspective, it's really that ownership, right? Now we can all own different um, pieces online and digital assets that that create value that can grow in value, and it just you know it opens up so many opportunities, basically, right? Where the again, like when you start to own something. You are the decision maker, you know, you can um, sell it, you can buy something, you can swap trade something, you know, and and uh, yeah, you can make the decision whether before, again, we were just basically the, the contributors, right? Uh, you know, the and then content creators would typically get paid by advertising, you know, so, so we're pretty much getting the scraps of what the corporates would actually let us have, right? Um, and then we ha we work so hard, right? Like trying to get the views, trying to get, you know, the likes, the engagement, etc., just to get a percentage of what Big they're earning. of partnership money. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So so now with the ownership, it's kind of like okay, I own this. Like I have, a, you know, if if my NFT becomes a, you know, as an example, a character in a new animated series, I'm getting the royalties. So can we uh, maybe maybe we look at a, at an example? But maybe let's start with Vespod. You know, yeah. we have a big you know we have a big community. Um, we are looking potentially to issue a coin or a token, or you know it can be like a Vespod NFT. And basically, if I understand it well, the community can then you know buy these coins. They can also you know sell these coins, um, and that's a way to sort of you know open up to your community and allow your community to basically be part uh, financially and uh, of your project yep yeah there's so many i mean there's so many options uh to do this right and or for any brand to do this so let's let's take westwood as an example right so what you could do is to um you know we all know that you know uh, um, web2 communities have uh, sort of gated memberships right and typically it's yeah. like you pay a monthly amount and then you know you have access to exclusive content or some extra like office hours or you know maybe personal services or something like that right um so when you when you do that in web2 every month you pay a certain amount and the money is gone yeah. right uh, and then in return you get access to those services okay fine but in web3 what you could do is um you issue a collection of NFTs, like let's say 500 for you know the the founding members, and that will cost something, right? So let's assume that's like the founding membership price. But then you know they could sell this NFT later on, right? So so for someone who buys the membership, um, you know if they believe that Vespot is going to grow in value, it actually it, it it switches from being a cost to an investment. Yeah. Right. So that's a really sort of interesting kind of, um, uh, I guess, mindset shift. Right. Because before what I've seen, you know, with blooming founders as well, it's actually really, really hard for communities to monetize. Right. And people in the do long not, term, in, especially. Exactly. People do not want to pay for memberships. People do not want to, you know, tie themselves into something, et cetera. Um, at the same time, you need cash flow to build build out yeah. stuff right so what nfts could do is you know that within that initial release you could uh, get like you know a, a, a big sum of you know money like straight up basically by selling these 500 nfts uh, the holders have still the value right of the nft that they could sell on to another member because uh, we might sh change you know in our life uh, phase and then at some point they might not be as interested in you know this topic of financial literacy and, and also because they have learned or you they know? want to make money from their 
NFT. Or they, or they just make money, basically, right? So there's there's different, you know, I guess, uh, mindset of how they, they could... Uh, like you know why they buy this nft and then why they would then also uh, might sell the nft later on right um and then so 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 on the buyer side they would keep the value right as long as there's positive sentiment around you know vespot in this community people want yeah. to join more people want to buy the nft because every nft is a single market it's like a stock like you know when, when you have on the public yeah. markets except that there's only 500 of those right yeah. so 500 people can make the entire market and if 500 people decide let's say you sell it for 0.2 ethereum right let's just like random because it's it's a quite common um sort of price um and then 500 people buy it for 0.2 ethereum and all the 500 somehow decide so you're not going to pay cash for your um, yes exactly that's like the other you have to pay for your crypto. nfts you so have you to have pay... to have cryptos first exactly. so you have, i mean we'll go through you know, maybe the step-by-step -step of how you buy, but usually it's people who already have their cryptos or you can buy cryptos and then with your cryptos, you buy your NFTs. Exactly. Um, I'm actually onboarding a lot of my friends right now who don't have crypto. So you can just do everything in one go. Don't worry. And it's all good. <laughs> and I can sort of talk through that in a, in a, in a bit. But just yeah. to conclude the point that um, you buy, uh, if the 500 people, right? Like 500 people buy the NFT for 0.2 Ethereum and everybody for some reason decides to 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 either not list it for sale so it's not for sale or you know a few people might want to list it for one ethereum right so yeah. then you know all of a sudden the the, the cheapest price you can get this vespot nft because there's only 500 is one ethereum right and then let's assume that you know you do really great stuff in the community people learn people sort of grow people make money etc etc somebody outside will get to hear about it right and be like how can i join it's like, well, the only way to, to join is to buy this NFT. And yeah. there's only, you know, maybe 20 listed out of the 500 and they're one Ethereum, basically. So you have to buy one, you have to spend one Ethereum, right? So so that's kind of like how, how everything sort of, you know, um, works and how sort of like the, the perceived value can be actually sort of captured in this ecosystem where both the buyer wins, right? So the moment this NFT sells for one Ethereum, the original buyer would have, you know, 5x their their investment, right? You would c get continuous cash flow because uh, as the creator, you typically get 5 to 10% in royalties from every yeah. resale as well without having to do anything, right? Um, and, uh, and yeah, and that's, you know, kind of the basic in the basic sense how things could work right that yeah. that you as the creator get con consistent cash flow because there's always going to be people who, who want to sort of trade right um and uh and then the the, the the people gain benefit through it as well as you know by holding the nft and um and potentially at you know some point the more value it gains the more valuable it becomes actually right for them and then it might be it might cross a value that they've deemed so meaningful that they want to sell it and I'm just trying to compare with what I know, which is how you know companies companies finance themselves, and you yeah. know, they 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 have they have shares, and on the day they want to raise more capital, they can issue more shares. Yes. Um, once I've issued my 500 NFTs, and I decide I want more people to get in, um, I want to maybe raise more money. Can I increase this number of NFTs, or do I need to issue like a new NFT, maybe based on you know different different value or or there's, you know, how do you, how do you do that as a, 
as a creator and how does it work for people who then you know bought the first nft from you uh, and then they're like yeah but now they're showing more nfts so that dilutes the value of my nft yeah that's a really good question i think at the moment most of the nft collections that um are on the market have a main collection it's a bit like fashion right you have the main yeah. house and then you have like the cheaper line so you have prada and then you have Miu Miu, basically right and Miu Miu is like slightly cheaper right but but then Miu Miu doesn't get you the entire benefits and you know that that Prada has basically, right? So it's very much like that. You have main lines and then secondary lines. Um, but then people also have to, you know, really think through, okay, what are the benefits and perks and, and how, you know, do those, those communities kind of like merge together and, and how can we make things cohesive, which is very, very early days. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's no blueprint or kind of, you know, sort of uh, best practice yet. Uh, I also have seen one collection that actually has launched a second version of the original collection and they're meant to be the same NFT. So mm -hmm. that was really interesting because the original collection only had 111 NFTs, so really, really small. And that basically, you know, is what I just described actually happened. They sold it for, I, I don't know how, how much actually, but people, like because of the, the 111 people, the floor price, which is the cheapest kind of price that a listing has, went super quickly to two Ethereum, just because yeah. People just decided that it was the lowest. The demand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now then this person has launched another, like a second collection of a thousand more NFTs. And so like, you know, the, the, he's, he sold it for 0.2. And now, you know, this NFT is, you can see like how the price is calibrating basically, right? Like, so this NFT has gotten to 0.8 now. But then the yeah. other collection still sits at like 1.8 or something, right? So, and, and they're supposed to merge because they have the same yeah. benefits. So we have to see, like, I also don't know. I'm, I, I actually bought into it. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens when they actually merge yeah. together and what price do we get? Like, does the other collection drop? Does, does this NFT sort of get to like 1.8, which would, would have been incredible? Um, we don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, lots of so new just things. Just seeing if, if these markets are as efficient as the you know financial market basically <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like how, how do people behave right and yeah. um and it's interesting because versus the, you know the public financial markets we have so few players in yeah. a way you can actually really sort of skew the market if you were to you know do some funny things yeah, because it's right? early days yeah. yeah it's early days and also just like the, the sheer number of people right i mean it's you know it's uh i, I think most of the stuff well i mean there's lots of scams going on as well so you yeah. know people have to be careful about these things yeah. as well so it's really really um important that that you do your own diligence and do your own research before yeah. you buy an nft get the sense the vibes right if you don't like the vibes don't buy into it no matter how many people you know in um on twitter or whatever tell you there's going to be the next big thing it's going to be amazing etc if you don't like the vibes don't buy it so now if we uh so actually we talked about scams and for me i've always been like super skeptical about nfts but i think now we're really entering into a proper conversation where i mean we talked about price and we talked about financial return but we talked mostly about the technology and how it works and for me this is fascinating also having been investing in crypto for now years and and, and i really love the space so now i want to understand more i want to know <laughs> How much money um, do I need? How small can I start? Because I guess you 
don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You just don't want to pick one NFTs. I think what you're doing um, is sort of a bit like a venture capitalist is building a portfolio of all these NFTs. And maybe one out of a hundred will, will, will work out or, you know, yeah. you know, one out of 10 or whatever it is, depending on how good you are. So maybe how much money do you need to to get started just to you know have a bit of fun and i guess it's money you can afford to completely lose um and how do you how do you research like your first steps to buying your your first nft what should i do <laughs> yes <laughs> very good question it's a question that all my friends ask me <laughs> um so nfts you can only buy with cryptocurrencies if you don't have cryptocurrencies at the moment you actually have to buy a cryptocurrency you have to convert your fiat money your normal pounds dollars euros into cryptocurrency which many exchanges uh you know will let you do there's exchange platforms like binance or kraken or you know like ftx Even coinbase coinbase loads of them that you create an account uh you kyc you know and uh, and then you sort of, uh, transfer some some pounds onto this account and then you just trade it onto the on the account you usually it's yeah. super simple just click on trade you know ethereum and then it just converts it into yeah. um ethereum um some platforms also let you buy directly with a credit card like that's like the simplest way but mm -hmm. it also is the way with the most fees basically right so you know depending on how how much you kind of like convert it, it does make a difference um but uh, yeah so then you have your cryptocurrency on this account right what you then need to do is to set up a wallet uh which is the 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 tool that then holds this nft right so the wallet is huge it's 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 actually just like a chrome plugin actually on your laptop or on your or, or as an app on your phone um so once you you, you know and the the most um uh popular wallet is called metamask for ethereum nfts uh you have different wallets for different blockchains because each blockchain have their, has their own ecosystem almost, right? Yeah. I would recommend you to stay with the Ethereum blockchain because it is like the most developed blockchain. It has like the, the most um, established projects. It has like, the, it's the biggest market basically. Um, so, so stick with Ethereum, uh, use MetaMask. Uh, if you do want to explore Solana and things, you know, you have then, um, it would be the Phantom wallet for Solana. And you can do all that on your phone uh, or on your laptop yeah so so laptop is probably better um not all wallets are actually available for for phones yet um and uh, sometimes they have like limitations basically so yeah. so i i have all of my wallets on like installed on my laptop um and uh and yeah and and basically what you then do is um okay how do i how do you buy an nft right there's two ways how you can buy an nft either you uh, are super early in you know in the process and this nft has not even released yet right so then you know you there will be a minting page usually which is a website of the project and then um, you can go on this website and then click on mint you, you connect your wallet right um and uh i know before you do that you actually have to transfer your your cryptocurrency or your ethereum from Binance or whatever from Binance to your wallet. And how much do you start with? You can start with, uh, you know, 100 pound that you that you, then you bought some Ethereum with and then that's okay to start, I guess. Uh, I would recommend probably 500 pounds to start with, basically. Yep. I think that's probably the minimum because transactions on Ethereum are actually quite expensive, yep. you know. Um, so, so I would start with 500 pounds, which are like roughly 700, 800 sort of dollars, which are roughly, oh my God, what is that? Like 
or god 2 maybe um, ethereum because most of the nfts when they release sell for 0 0.0708 or 0 0.1 um ethereum so 0 yeah. 0.1 ethereum is about uh uh 360 dollars at the moment right so so basically you know for the first rare nft you have some buffer you could potentially even buy two uh potentially um but i would just you know probably recommend you to buy buy one just to kind of go through the experience of buying one and seeing how it goes basically yeah. right um so yeah so so try to put maybe like 0 0.2 to 0 0.3 um ethereum uh into your into your wallet yeah and then um and then yeah and then the next step is to to buy something so so uh option one you are looking for projects that are pre-mint um and and then you know you can join the communities you can you usually find them on twitter um so you do your research you on Twitter. Your... If I really don't know where to start, I, I still don't have sort of this, you know, maybe financial times or like a you know, platform that will tell me, okay, these are the projects that are live at the moment. You need to really be super proactive, go read a bit about it, go on the blogs and spend some time. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, sort of um, go... Follow you on Twitter. <laughs> exactly, you can sign up to my newsletter. <laughs> um, exactly, so basically you have to follow people who talk about these things right yeah. uh there are certain you know people in in the twitter space that are so-called nft influencers now and they host regular twitter spaces which is great um so yeah just dive in and then just trying to kind of like find people that you resonate with and follow them and then see who they follow who they who they sort of reply to engage with etc yeah. and pretty quickly actually you will find like you know sort of because there it's, it's an ecosystem right they all kind of like follow and, and comment on each other's posts and things like that so 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 do that and um and then join a few discords so discords uh, is the platform where nft communities are are hosted right yeah. um yeah that's it's pretty much slack for yeah nft communities basically yeah. you have different channels you can you know just kind of um yeah uh, connect with people dm people um and uh, and and just get get to know each other and that's when you sort of like can learn more about the project and see whether you resonate with the values what with their vision you know and and just also see like how people behave i really think that in the NFT space, right, um, a very big sign, positive sign, is actually when you see that people actually are nice and kind to each other. Because it's a space that's very rowdy still. Uh, yeah. You have these crypto bros and everybody is shouting on top of each other. You know, everybody is trying to like flip and make money and things like that. Um, that's not my type of NFT. I feel that the communities that are genuine communities where people have conversations, where people are nice and kind to each other, helping each other. These are like very strong signals for me because that means that these people, when they mint uh, NFT, they're not likely to sell it straight away. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's what you can do if you want to sort of um, join like an early project and and also get the cheapest price because the mint price usually is is always the cheapest price you can get something for. Yeah, it's more risky because it's it doesn't exist yet and, and they're launching it. Exactly, so it's it's kind of like you know a pre-sale, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. it's like you know founding members type of um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, the second option is to you know do your research, but then you might actually like a project that you see on Twitter, right? People use it as their profile pictures, and you're like, oh, this looks really awesome. I wanted like you know learn more, and then you learn more about it. You join the Discord and be like, oh my god, this is 
cool, it's a cool project. I want I want my profile picture to be like that as well, right? So then, you know, it's already minted, uh, meaning, you know, it's already held, like all the NFTs are distributed by certain holders. So you have to, or two certain holders, sorry. And then you have to go to a marketplace um, yeah. to buy your NFT, right? So at the marketplace for Ethereum, NFTs uh, would be OpenSea, OpenSea.io. And that's kind of, you know, where you then type in the collection name and then you, you go to the collection and then you can see what is listed. You can click on buy now on the left hand side and just filter on what is available to buy like right now. And then you can see, you know, how much they are, whether you actually, you know, sort of like like something that you see. And, and, and then you can just literally click on buy now <laughs> and then you would and then OpenSea would connect with your wallet. Right. Yeah. And then you have to confirm the transaction because that would be like the condition of the smart contract to execute. And then, you know, the moment you confirm, you give the smart contract the, the permission to take your cryptocurrency from your wallet, basically. Yeah. And I think if, if you've, I mean, if this is all like super complicated for you, if you're listening to this episode, it's maybe first starting with cryptos because cryptos work a, b a bit in the, in the same way. So if you start transacting a little bit in, in crypto, in Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, you will get used to also this like vocabulary and, and yes. stuff. So yes. then it's going to be easier maybe to navigate. This. I mean, you have to, to to do it through crypto anyway. So um, that will help you also understand the language and, and, and vocabulary a bit more. Um, Luke, can you tell me just if you take one example of one NFT where you made money or you're still invested, but the value of the NFT has, has gone up? Yeah, um, very happy to share. It's actually my all-time favorite <laughs> project. <laughs> um, and I have to say, you know, like I have been actually really successful with this NFT journey. Um, I actually have sort of 4x my portfolio in the last uh, three months, actually, cool. uh, which is, you know, probably on the higher end. And I'm very happy about it and keen to keep it like that. Um, make better bets, you know, over time. But the, the, the project that actually sort of added the most value to my portfolio is called Crypto Coven. And yeah. you can find them on at crypto uh, underscore coven on Twitter. Um, also on the web, there would be cryptocoven.xyz. Uh, that yeah. XYZ sort of ending, by the way, is a very NFT sort of popular popular with nft sort of you know uh, webs uh, domain ending it's it's not dodgy it might have been used to be dodgy or something like that but now it's, it's very common actually in the in the yeah. space okay and uh and yeah so crypto coven is basically it's a collection of t ten thousand witches and uh, the art is amazing um i found them when they they were already minted so i actually didn't mint crypto coven uh, but then they were not revealed yet. Uh, and I saw some people talking about it on Twitter, you know, and I was intrigued and I went on their website. And uh, yeah, they have a very strong community approach. And also this, they champion this lore, not floor sort of talk. And I've explained this. So floor is the cheapest price of uh, an NFT collection. And that's what a lot of people talk about, right? And, 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 and that's the only thing they talk about, which is not very healthy or interesting. And lore is spelled L-O-R-E is the storytelling around an NFT. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like how you build a brand and community and, uh, and you know, sort of you, you bring each NFT to life, right? So each of these crypto coven witches actually has, her, you know, their own description, right? They have an articulation, they have a name. 
they have certain stats, you know, and they're almost kind of like individual characters, basically. Uh, so, so by putting the focus on lore, not floor, they really sort of, you know, build build a community and a culture where we are just keeping out the whole sort of, you know, sort of trading talk. Yeah. And really sort of trying to get to know each other as human beings and, and you know, sort of this inclusive environment, right? Um, the reason why I was super bullish on Crypto Coven is that the art and everything I saw, like the website, they have a custom, you know, soundtrack on the website. It was just kind of so thought through and different to other projects that I've seen so far. And it's just like a quality, you know, like you just kind of somehow see that or recognize it's high quality and it's not a project that somebody just kind of like whipped out of, you know, nowhere in two days time. Uh, and, and a bunch of people actually thought through this. So I bought in, uh, between zero point, well, the cheapest cover, which I got, it was actually 0.08, which is just above mint price. It was 0.07 mint price. Uh, but on average, I would say I bought in between 0.1 and 0.2. Ethereum and the floor sits now at two Ethereum. So it's been like a 10x or even a 20x <laughs> on some of my um, investments. And uh, yeah, and it's just the beginning, you know. I think uh, we're really bullish on, on how everything can develop and um, just excited to see like where things go. Like, you know, we don't talk about the floor, so we don't, you know, we don't have any price predictions or whatever, but. It's been really healthy. I see them also engaging in very sort of you know, healthy conversations online. Um, yeah, so we're we're just you know I guess that's that's you know a project that that literally added the most value um, to to my portfolio, and I'm really glad that I sort of went all in, if you will, in the beginning, just because I I just thought like this is such high quality. Yeah. And uh, and when you when you look at for the first time at a project like that, so I understand there's maybe the, the artwork that yeah. you know you like and is this is sort of backing an artist is it is it the mission can it be a business can it be one piece of art i mean how how do you look at these opportunities when you see them for the first time and, and try to decide okay is it a good one is it not a good one yeah it, it, i think that goes also goes back to what your goal is basically right like are you sort of in this to you know to to um, be part and engage in the community, right? Like I am number 13 active poster on the CryptoCoven Discord. So minus the founders, I'm actually in the top 10. Like, I'm What do you chat about? Everything. We chat, oh my God, we have, uh, we have so many fun things, right? Like you have like such a diverse community. We, we chatted about how to make the best fries because one of the mem community members literally has been training McDonald's uh, staff on how to make the best fries. We have a Sailor Moon appreciation thread. We have a thread where we sort of, you know, when witches are reminded of famous people like Rihanna or whatever, like we sort of like, you know, put pictures together and things like that. Uh, we chat about, um, so the witches actually have four different archetypes as well. There's enchantresses, there's hags, there's um, occultists, and there's um, like mages, right? So then we have specific channels for these archetypes. So enchantresses are very glamorous. So we talk a lot about skincare. We talk about like, you know, like fashion and things like that. Majas are like literate. So we talk about books, you know, with movies, things like that. Um, hacks is very, you know, sort of nature uh, related. So cooking or plants. 
you know, <laughs> like all of the stuff. Right? It, like we chat about life, you know, and I think honestly, that's actually what I've been missing in the last six years in the startup world, because everything was just business, 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 yeah. business. And uh, it's just like really refreshing to me, basically, right, that you can build this community, you know, of different people. And you just actually talk about non-business stuff and it's still actually a lot of value. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, that's super interesting. And, and, and I think, you know, there's so many things you could do with NFTs and it's really how it will apply to a lot of different things. I'm thinking, you know, for artists, um, instead of, you know, going to a gallery and then selling your, you know, one painting that you worked on for for, for months and you sold this painting and you give 50% of the gallery and then you yep. keep 50%. But then your piece of art is out there and, and someone, we're going to sell it again and sell it exactly. again. And it's on the art market and you don't make from money from it. It's actually, exactly. then you make money from it because if you, you will have this sort of, you know, royalties um, and then you will, you will keep earning money. So do you, do you also make money from, um, I mean, from your, existing nfts um how, how does does that work in terms of because passive income is when you get like you know current um, yes. income stream so how does it work versus just buying an nft and selling an nft what happens in the middle exactly so there is different nft categories almost or different types of nfts there yeah. are these nfts that you know you buy and then you can sell and that's pretty much the only thing you can do right they yeah. don't they don't do really do much else um um, other than granting you the ownership to it. Sometimes, you know, if the brand if, uh, develops and then the founding team starts to uh, sort of partner with uh, entertainment and media companies, we started to see that uh, already, then you can license your NFT to whatever story is being created. So there is, you know, with the board Apes, they are now creating like the first kind of crowdsourced book that's been that will be written by a New York Times, you know, best-selling author, like you know, in, in ghost-written form, basically, and then the apes that sort of contribute to the stories in the book would get royalties from the book sales, right? And you can see that with you know, so you can imagine that for animated series or movies and video games, all of that, these things. I mean, this is the metaverse, right? Exactly, it's like living in another world. Exactly, in a it's, parallel world. It's almost kind of like you know, imagine you basically J.K. Rowling, right? Before she started writing Harry Potter, she could have released a, a collection of NFTs with each of these individuals, right? And you bought, like, to be able to fund her, you bought the NFT, right? And yeah. then she goes on to write Harry Potter and then everything gets turned into, like, a gazillion types of merch. And every time something sells, you actually get, like, a royalty that's because amazing. you actually own the character, you know? So that's that's super interesting the other thing is just on the pure sort of coins and token side of thing which you mentioned before there are some nfts that uh where the smart contract grants you a certain amount of tokens uh per day or per month or whatever it is basically so that's yeah. kind of you know where the passive income come can come in when you buy an nft that that gives you these tokens and the tokens have some value or you have to you know, do your research on how exactly does that work and do you think that it's going to you know sustain its value or is it just going to drop more and more and more and then go to zero at some point right because you can obviously then collect some random tokens that are just worth nothing and then you know you don't have passive income basically um but uh but, but yeah i mean th there's those type of nfts as well i have a few that are mostly sort of game related that are getting sort of you know uh characters in the game that I can um, 
you know, use. And then they just earn me some, some tokens basically on a daily yeah. basis. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the more you, it's almost like dividends. Think about like dividends when you buy yeah. like, you know, an index fund or whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, at some point you, you can decide to cash it out basically if you yeah. wanted to or reinvest and buy more NFTs or, or NF exactly yeah. reinvest and buy more, which is also what they actually encourage because they actually don't really want people to cash out. Right. Of Cause course, obviously yeah. that would sort of drain the liquidity of the project. Um, there's so many different, um, you know, variety of things. So, so I understand it can be a bit sort of, you know, like, uh, yeah, confusing in the beginning, uh, but that's why I always kind of recommend people like think about yourself. Like, what is your goal? Do you want to make passive income? Then look more closer to that category. Yeah. Do you want, you know, to be part of a community, uh, you know, and explore Web3? Then there's NFTs for that. Do you want, you know, more are you more into the digital art and want to sort of, you know, trade the art or sort of hold the art, uh, then there's that type of category as yeah. well, right? Because it's so big, it's so vast, and you cannot, uh, you know, dip your toe in everything. I mean, I did that, and I realize now that I cannot keep up with whatever yeah. is happening, right? Yeah. So, so I'm sticking to the project I have, and occasionally I would buy into like a new thing if I think it has something, you know, interesting. Again, on your newsletter, you mentioned that you don't think women are free financially um, and that, you know, building passive income and, and NFT is one of them because we talked about like building, you know, passive income through business and, and yeah. there's a lot of different things. So it's just one category. But, you know, why do you think is that and why, how can we sort of build our own uh, ecosystem for women? It just will have such a big benefit um, and impact uh, for, for, for women. And to me, really, is like, you know, from what I'm on this journey of exploring, okay, what do I, what is actually the number? That's like super important, right? Like, what is the number that will make me actually financially free? And I'm yeah. not saying that I'm going to live like super richly and like whatever. Like, you know, most people, I don't think they need that, right? Like, most people are kind of okay yeah. with, you know, X amount that is not like outrageously high. And, and, and one of the reasons that I'm actually, you know, doing some NFT stuff, apart from like the learning curves, et cetera, is actually, I want to fast track me getting to this number, right? Yeah. Like this number, when you then invest into like, you know, very safe index funds, get the dividends out and things like that, you become financially free, basically, right? Um, so... So that's kind of. You want to tell us your number? <laughs> <laughs> I I I can actually. I'm a very as you know. I'm a very open book. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I do think it helps because you know most people. I think most people have not thought really about financial freedom because it's such a far away goal, right? We're yeah. so brainwashed into like you have to work like until you retire, and and all these things, and then you know you end up in the startup world and where it's like everybody's raising millions and exiting from like millions and, and billions. You lose your mind. And you lose your mind. You'd be like, what the, like, what? Like, okay. Um, so my number is actually uh, 600,000 pounds that I will need to add to my net worth as of today yeah. to become financial free, basically. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and that sort of net worth is calculated in, you know, investments, you know, uh, and assets overall, basically. Yeah. So right? assets that will continue to grow, basically. Exactly. Um, it's exactly. not like you're going to take the cash and just, you know, leave. Basically, once I have this pot of money, I can invest it into safe fur vehicles. Right. And that would sort of sustain my life, basically. Yeah. Right. I think it also makes a big 
difference uh, whether you actually own the property that you live in or not right that's like a big thing uh, and that's like something i want to tackle like this year as i'm moving looking to move to lisbon and things like that um so that's like the next thing that i want to get out of the way um and and yeah and and, and that's pretty much like you know my number where i'm like okay cool um I'll be actually content with that. That's also a very, very important thing that I see with other people where I sometimes find like it might be a bit misguided, right? Like everybody wants to become like multi-millionaires and yeah. like yeah. crazy, crazy stuff, right? And I'm just kind of like, I mean, I had like my, my life. I mean, I came to Germany as an immigrant and my family didn't have money. I got really good, you know, education and was lucky to sort of end up working with, you know, McKinsey and P&G and all these things. And I've seen, you know, like from my childhood to the fancy circles, I would say, people, everybody has problems, right? And no matter how much money you're making, it doesn't actually solve your problem. It, you're just going to find more expensive coping me mechanisms. So I, I, my hope actually is that everybody realizes that having just a shit ton of money doesn't solve your problems because that's when you start to realize that that's when you start to think about okay well, how do i actually solve my problems right and i do think that getting to financial freedom would be a really important first step uh for people then to realize okay you know this is you know this is i i am free basically i can do whatever i want yeah. And now I can spend time, you know, if I don't want to work, if I feel like, you know, I don't know, mentally not well or whatever, I can just not work. It's okay, no. right? I don't have to report to anyone. There's no ego involved, whatever. I'm just going to take time for me, for my nutrition, for my fitness, for my mental well-being, whatever it is. Like, you know, you do you, right? You want to travel, you travel. If you want to, you know, I don't know, do something else, you do something else. If you want to plant trees, you plant trees all good all good you know so that's kind of you know where I, I actually think that financial freedom gets people closer to solving their own problems that they might struggle with that yeah. you know daily work and all of these kind of societal pressures distract our attention from and we actually don't sort of deal with them and then at some point it just blows up <laughs> i think it's fascinating um for everyone to listen and also to understand your journey and, and, and the work it actually takes to get to this point because of ignoring what other people think, especially when you work in, you know, as an entrepreneur or in tech, or, I mean, for anyone, like ignoring, not comparing your journey to someone else's journey, really trying to go back to what you want in terms of goals, what you are interested in, what do you want to spend your time doing. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing this, this journey. It's a, it's a, I know it's a massive learning curve. It is a um, massive learning curve. And I want to add, actually, you know, so once you have hit your goal, it obviously doesn't stop there, right? It's just, just kind of, you know, a, first, you a bigger goal. You yeah. just have a bigger goal, right? Like it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not ambitious or anything, right? But, but you have your financial you have safety exactly independence however you want to call it exactly exactly thank you so much thank you so much emily it was mm -hmm. a pleasure speaking to you also remember that money is power as the conflict is escalating in ukraine putting millions of children and their families in immediate danger we've been donating to unicef please think about learning about the conflict educating yourself donating money if you can.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week, I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send your questions and comments via hotline to podcast.vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet. I invited Claire Francis again, a former financial journalist and expert in consumer finance. We will be talking about money and mental health. <laughs>